You're listening to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans. If you want to have guarantees, you have to buy a washing machine. Either we win or we learn, and today we learn. Ardacha, It's infield to Mane, 25 yards out. Lovely ball for Pella. Onside, 1-0. Blue fast shot. Oh, my word. He ran around a bit like Bambi on ice. It was very, very embarrassing to watch. And now, your host, Matt Markstone. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast and newsletter dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans and available right here on SouthamptonDelivery.com. My name is Matt Markson. I am the host of the show. And no matter where you are, no matter how you may be listening, whether this is your first time or you've been here before, thanks for making the show part of your day. I hope that you enjoy it. And welcome to the show. This is the first episode of the off season. Uh, I'm sitting here on the 2nd of June, uh, polishing this up in the last few minutes before I head off to go to sleep or at least try. And we're here. Uh, we've made it through the season. We've survived. The season review shows are over uh, and we're officially moving into to summer. And luckily there's plenty of football to be played. The champions league final is now over, but um, the nation's league is right around the corner. Um, plenty of guys are off playing international matches starting soon. Uh, my Yoshida will be in the Copa America uh, so there's lots and lots of stuff to look forward to. Plus, really, when you think about it, the season isn't that far away. And I don't know if that's exciting or daunting or nerve-wracking, um, but I think it's mostly exciting because you look at uh, like what Ralph can do uh, and, and maybe you know the, the anticipation of some signings that we may get looks pretty good. I feel pretty good about it all. But uh, Anyway, let's not get ahead of ourselves too much. So uh, I mentioned the the end of the season uh, reviews are done. Um, one more kind of end of season review that will come uh, will be from St. Mary's Musings. And I had the opportunity to be a part of the um, the team to write about that. So um, I think if you look at some of the other people who, who took part in the writing, uh, I'm honored to be a part of that team. And uh, hopefully you enjoy it. Um, lots of personality in the writing, I think. Um, and Jake is, is a, a great guy to allow us to do that. So hopefully you enjoy that. Um, there will be links on Twitter and stuff when it's out. Uh, and if you got the newsletter, if you're subscribed to the newsletter, which you can do at SouthamptonDelivery.com, um, the link to St. Mary's Musings was uh, at the bottom of that. Uh, so you can make sure and get that if you haven't done so already. So um, just a, a quick heads up as to what's coming over the summer. Um, we will still have a show every every single week. Uh, it will be maybe slightly more casual from time to time. Uh, the conversation that you'll, I have with Christian Candler this week is just that. And part of that is uh, I am, this is the last week of school. It's also the week of AP world history grading, which is something that I, I, I grade the exams for AP world history, um, as part of my job. And I somehow just have to have find extra time to do it. And so I'm slightly stressed out, but that's okay. So, uh, Christian and I got together before the champions league final, just in case, uh, the worst did come true and that didn't happen. Dejan Lovren did not come on and score the winning goal. So, uh, we avoided that. Um, but you know, we, we talked before that we talked about a number of things from Redmond and JWP being dropped to, 
uh, the rest of the international squad that's going to go out and play to the women's world cup to the preseason tour to the shirts uh, and the uniforms and, and transfers. We've kind of talked about it all. Um, so Christian Candler and I will, will do that and you'll get that conversation. And um, this will be a good indicator of what you can expect over the summer unless, uh, or aside from, I should say, uh, some of the episodes that we're hoping, or I'm hoping to put together with, um, you know, some other people who, uh, I think you'll find it interesting. So, uh, those come off. That'll be great. If not, you'll get more interviews with saints fans, uh, and discussions about saints. That I think that will be good. Um, if there's news that needs to be talked about or discussed, we'll do it. If you have questions, we also do that. We do have a question this week. Um, not saints related, but still fun to talk about. So, uh, if you don't follow Christian Candler, who is this week's guest, you can do that at Candler Nero on Twitter. Uh, and on Instagram, he's at C dot N D L E R. Uh, I will mess that up in the intro, uh, when I introduce him for real, when we recorded it live, but that's okay. Um, because it's, it's correct in the show notes. So click, get there, follow him. Um, he's a smart guy. I like him. It's fun. And I think now he's, he's been on the show more than anybody else other than me, of course. Um, unfortunately, I don't think anybody's going to beat that record. And if they do, um, that'll be good because that'll probably means you had enough of listening to this. And on that note, let's get to the show. We'd like to welcome back to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, Christian Candler. You can find him on Twitter at Candler Nero and on Instagram at c.nld. What mess that up? C.ndler. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> Christian, welcome back to the show. And uh, I think we were I'm counting up episodes. I think you are now officially the most frequent guest on the show. So uh, welcome back and thanks for giving me your time over and over and over again. No, I'm I'm more than honored to to be back on. Thank you for continuing to invite me. Um, and I'll I'll hold that high. I'll put that on my resume. Yes, do that. <laughs> uh, LinkedIn. You can you can request me or your friend. I don't know how. I don't know. I don't use LinkedIn. Um, the the picture that I have on LinkedIn, uh, not not appropriate for to have on LinkedIn. That's all I know. It's my it's my senior picture from high school, and I'm posing with a up. bass guitar. Um, I don't, I don't know why I thought that was a good idea, but now, uh, several of my friends, uh, have that and re- constantly use it on, uh, on various, uh, group chats and things like that. Whenever I say something dumb. Well, so, uh, I, I do know one of my, one of my friends, his high school LinkedIn profile that's still on LinkedIn cause he can't figure out how to get back in it says that he went to swag university. Um, nice. so <laughs> you, you aren't the worst one out there. Uh, hopefully not. Hopefully not. Um, Speaking of LinkedIn, I don't know if you follow or Chris Mackey just uh, requested Landon Donovan, like requested to connect with Landon Donovan and it's still pending. He's been updating his Instagram story, just kind of hoping Landon Donovan accepts. And I kind of hope he does. It's uh, it, it came up, I think, as a recommended friend for him on there. So I or, or oh, connection or whatever it is. So uh, I guess that means you're moving in the right direction if you're if you're if you're Chris. So. Yeah, that's right. Um, I'm connected with since since of my time at Nashville soccer club i've connected with a couple couple of soccer players a couple of mls people um and then the other weird person i'm connected with on linkedin is uh the pop star lord um, which is just kind of funny (laughs) (laughs) yeah i don't know how that how did that happen um when she like she still had a linkedin profile when she was just getting bigger and that was when i was making my linkedin profile at the beginning so she wasn't like a full-on fledged star yet Mm -hmm. and so she was just on there and somehow I like found her and just like requested her and she accepted. And so we're friends or whatever on LinkedIn, which is kind of funny. Nice. I, 
I have this like fear of like, I can never, I'm never going to look for another job because I'm not, I don't want to update my LinkedIn profile. It's just too, it's too much work. I'm so far behind at this point. Like yeah. somebody asked me what my resume looks like. I'm like, I've had one job in 11 years. Like I, it, it's pretty, it's pretty standard. Um, but anyway, uh, I mean, so it, it is the summer, I guess this is the, the official first episode of, of the summer since we did some re, uh, season reviews, uh, stuff last time. Um, yeah, we're recording on school's out. School's out. I have one more week. One more week. Uh, we're, so we're recording on June first. So, um, just because I'm going to be away for work for for the next week or so, and I'm going to need to to focus. So we're getting this out of the way now. And and pre Champions League, in case, um, you know, I'm I'm not even sure what the worst case scenario for a, a Saints fan is in 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 case of the Champions League. And um, I mean, we were talking earlier. Uh, Charlie Austin has made some headlines this morning. Uh, at least in, in on the Saints FC hashtag on Twitter. Um, for for me, the whole Charlie Austin thing, like I really, I don't care who you root for in this game. Like it's kind of fun to be a neutral and you can attach yourself to a team. And I'm sure people like Charlie Austin have friends at Liverpool or somehow friends at Tottenham. It's just like being aware on the internet, like aware of what your words, how your words will be received. Like, I'm sure Charlie Austin is not the only person rooting for Liverpool on our squad, but you, you just got to be smarter about how you present that on the internet, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, like, I mean, it's I'm almost sure that Danny Ings is pulling for them as well. You know, those are all his former teammates and things like that. Um, yeah. But, yeah, you, maybe you just don't post that picture. Um, and... I'd like to make fun of Charlie Austin for wearing another forwards jersey um, as yeah. a grown man, but I uh, I also wear jerseys, so I can't really do that. I, I don't I don't think I have any with names on the back, as far as I'm aware. Um, do you think it was a jersey swap? I wonder if it was one of his jersey swaps or whatever, and him and Firmino like swapped jerseys, and so that was their that that, that was one of the jerseys that he swapped or whatever. You think him and Firmino are the same size? <laughs> That's true. That's that, that sounds true. terrible. Um, but I'm trying to think. Uh, the I can never judge how big they are unless they stand next to, uh, like, you know, Vestergaard. And then I'm like, oh, <laughs> you're, you're, you're normal human size. Um, <laughs> yeah. But And I think Charlie Austin, this isn't the first time he's done something like this, right? His, 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 his online persona seems to be just to wind everyone up. It doesn't matter who. Um, yeah. So maybe this is, it's all in fun. And, and we're talking about him, which I guess is good, too. Um, yeah. I do have I do have a question about the picture though. Uh, if you haven't seen the picture, it's uh, I, I I'm not gonna retweet it. Actually, I will retweet it just so it's in my feed. If you if you want to go look at it, um, it shouldn't be that hard to find. I'm and, sure you've probably already seen it. <laughs> yeah. So, so if people around. haven't seen it, it's there. Um, I just retweeted it. That's gonna probably bring me some hate, but that's okay. Um, so I mean, I'm just looking at the room. That's a lot of white. It's a lot of white tile, white chair, white, like do people in English have tile in every room. Cause we have carpet almost everywhere and not in the kitchen, but like, I don't and know. It's a lot of marble. Like even the, marble. That's what it is. A lot of marble, a lot of kids toys in the background. Yeah. I was trying to figure out what room it is. Cause there's like a, a weird chair. Like, man, if I was a kid that I would hate for that to be my toy room. <laughs> can you imagine how, how messed up your knees would be from like getting onto the, the, the seams of the tile or the marble and just like cutting your knee open as you're trying to play Legos. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I mean, and then I'm looking at the counter. Like I can't, it's a weird room. I mean, every, weird. everything about this picture is weird. <laughs> um, 
but whatever, man, like go for it. If that's, that's what you do. And, and, um, yes, this is the most exciting thing we have to talk about, uh, given I, the fact that I hate transfers, but, um, coming into the summer, I mean, how, I mean, it's, it's not really going that well, I guess for Nathan Redmond and, and James Ward Prowse, cause they've been dropped from Gareth Southgate's squad. Um, but I mean, was that a, was that a surprise to you or were you more kind of expecting that to happen prior to the uh, nation's league finals, uh, coming up shortly? Well, I, I think I was, I was hopeful. Um, the squad was cut down, but Redmond and Prowse, I don't know if they're still there, but they were still there after the official, um, roster was cut down sure. and they trained there for a little bit. And in those friendlies like Redmond and James Wood Prowse scored after the roster was cut down. So that's just like a little frustrating. And I think Southgate kind of incriminated himself when he got hired or near the beginning of his tenure, when he said that he was going to pick players based off of um, form and not just their name. And so when you see players out there like Jesse Lingard, who didn't have a great season, and Fabian Delph, who really didn't have a good season. And they're in the squad, but Redmond and James Ward Prowse aren't. It's just kind of frustrating, especially when Redmond and James Ward Prowse had such great seasons. And it seems like they do deserve a spot. But I do get the other side of the argument. Like Jesse Lingard, whenever he's put on an England shirt lately, he's performed. So it's almost like he's earned that spot. Um, but you, I, I do just kind of wish Redmond and James Ward Prowse were given that opportunity to prove themselves on the international stage instead of just in a random friendly here or there or just in the preliminary squad. Sure. I mean, Delph played, I think, had 20 appearances total this season for a total of 1,219 minutes. Like, he wasn't on the pitch very often. One assist uh, overall. Yeah, like you said, not a great season. He's 29, so you you wouldn't say that there's. I mean, he's kind of on the on the downslope, I would say, of the of being at your peak in terms yeah. of of age. And you have guys coming up in the squad that could make an impact and could potentially benefit from from. Uh, Delph isn't even playing his natural position for City. Right. He stuck at left back when his natural position is a central midfielder. Yeah, yeah, and i i i guess trying trying to find a, a justification for it is it is it potentially that he's twenty nine and been around a while and just the squad needs a little bit of leadership is that i mean could that be it or is it just the versatility of him being able to play central midfield and left back and 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 i i start to to wonder well, exactly what the the line of thinking is and i'm not i'm almost not sure if we if it's even worth kind of going down this rabbit hole because i i'm not sure southgate has the the justification there yeah i mean I think we could talk ourselves in circles, but I, I'd make the counter argument for experience to say that this whole England squad is now experienced because of the World Cup run. Okay. And e- even though some players might be a little younger, they're just as experienced as Delph is just from, from game time. Um, and especially during the World Cup. So, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I just, I, I do wish they had, were given a chance considering their form. And I know people also want to say like James Madison didn't get a chance. Um, he, he's not in the squad, is he? No, I think he's playing for the under 23s who oh, that's right. are going, they have a tournament. Like they have an actual, they have so some, many youth tournaments this summer. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's the under 21 euros. That's right. Um, under 21 euros. There's the U 20 world cup and uh-huh. then there's the two, two long tournament. Uh huh. Um, yeah. So, I mean, and I guess that's a, a, a pretty decent segue. Like suffice it to say that I think both, Redmond and JWP 
got a little bit of the short end of the stick, but I, I think they were also kind of going to be there to fill in with so many guys out for uh, uh, getting ready for the Champions League final. Like with yeah. so many people gone, they, they needed true. people in, in to, to be called in. Um, so that that probably explains why they're still there. And I think I think it you know probably is good that they both played so well because it's just like look they're they they've shown it even after the the squad was cut down they were able to play well in that friendly against uh the young lions and 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 both score and i, I mean the, according to the highlight video you know they looked pretty good and um yeah. i mean they do that despite being being you know shown the door already uh that's got to that's got to do things for southgate and saying like look these guys are still working hard and stuff like that and that's that's what that's what we want because you look at the what redmond did last year uh going through the summer and coming back and being kind of a totally new player now, if he makes another step anywhere close to that, I mean, he'll be, uh, it, it'll likely be his last year in a Southampton shirt because everybody will want him, you know? It's true. Um, and especially if they keep up their form going into the season, they have to be called up for some World Cup qualifiers mm-hmm. um, in the fall when, when that starts up again. They just, I can't see them not being a part of the squad going forward after this summer if they keep up their form. Absolutely, absolutely. And I I think JWP is is definitely doing it and then i think the little bit of, uh, the slightly harsher edge to him o- over the course of the season i think was was a uh, should should prove that he can sit in that in that midfield uh, kind of wherever southgate southgate needs him to, to to be so that'll be good but um i was gonna say it was a nice transition into those of our players who actually made uh international rosters and sims is going to be away with the under 20s at the toulon tournament uh hoiberg and long both make their squads i don't think that's any surprise vestergaard's left out um, which I, I, maybe that's injury, but he was left out as well late later on and, and, and call-ups during the season as well. And I don't know, I don't know if that's it's worrying not, to us or not. It could be just a thing like him and the Danish manager. I don't even know who it is, but they, they don't get along. Okay. Um, but it, it might be nice for him to have a little bit of a summer break. Sure. Because his, his season was a solid season. It wasn't amazing, but it was a solid season. Um, so a nice little summer break for him. I did come back even stronger in the fall. I was gonna say, I think, uh, I think one of the stats that I found when I was putting together like the, the one word season reviews, with him was, uh, if you look at the games that we played down the stretch without him, um, okay, so since since just after the Cardiff game, uh, with Vestergaard in the lineup, seven wins, six losses, three draws, one point five points per game. Without him, one win, three losses, three draws, 0.85 points per game. So, like, Yikes. Um, you know, that's that that says something. And uh, yeah. somebody else pointed out. Itself. Somebody else pointed out that I think all the games without him down the stretch, we lost by two goals. Like that was mm-hmm. like something that or something like that. Like we, I don't know, I don't remember exactly what the guy said when they messaged me, but it was something along those lines. And uh, I was quite surprised when I looked at that stat and said, like, dang, that's a that's a big difference between him and. Um, you know the, the the people who are replacing him in the lineup. Yeah, Vestergaard, he is a really good defender. I know he had mixed reviews from some of the fans, but I think going forward, he's going to be one of our really strong defenders, like a starter almost every single week. I think it'll probably come down to him and Bednarik, who, um, depending on who we line up with, I don't think if we go three or five at the back going forward to the next season else going to have to get a central defender sure so i don't think he trusts yoshida going forward because yoshida's aging and i don't like i really don't think he's going to trust stevens going forward um but if we go forward at the back i think him and benderick will be the 
be really good options going forward. Yeah, I think the biggest criticism of, of Vestergaard obviously was his pace. Um, yeah. But I think he's shown he can pass the ball. Um, he can make that big cross field kind of switch. Um, and I, he, other than, you know, I think he made a mistake. Was it against yeah, Cardiff? I think, yeah, I think, it, ooh, I think it was against Cardiff. I mean, other than that, I think, you know, like you said, pretty solid. And so um, I, I know he was at the World Cup last year. He actually didn't he didn't play at all, but he was there. Um, and so maybe maybe he has a, a chance to, to work himself back in, especially with with Hoiberg being the captain of our of our squad. Maybe maybe Hoiberg, uh, you know, fights for him to, to go along. Um, but then then we go down the list and, and I was kind of uh, saying in the Patreon only episode that I recorded. Uh, earlier this week uh, or last week, late last week, I guess. Um, Elianusi gets into the squad for Norway, and he's not even getting into to Saint squad. And I, I guess that goes to show the kind of the the difference in what some of these countries have to choose from. You know, like the fact that that James Ward-Prowse and Nathan Redmond aren't getting into the England squad. I think they would walk into most other squads. Um, maybe not France. Maybe not Spain. Maybe not uh, yeah. even Italy. But but you know, you look around at what some of these other guys have and what, where they're going and. Uh, you know, I, I think they would get in, and so so Moy's in, and and you hope he. I mean, he seems to play better for Norway than than he does for us a little bit. But you, you just hope that, that he can turn it around or make a good showing of himself, and somebody just goes, "Hey, we'll take him," and and then it, that that's fine. Yeah, there's um e- either I hope this is a spark for him and he comes back to Southampton a renewed player, or it gathers interest to send him off. Um, his situation kind of reminds me of. There was a, a player for Chile named Eduardo Vargas, and whenever he would show up for Chile, he'd just play people off the park. But for his club team, he was awful. And so maybe that maybe that's the same thing. Maybe he plays really well this summer, and another team's like, oh, we'll give him a chance. Maybe he'll play better for us, and we can ship him off for a decent fee. Um, or hopefully he comes back and does better for for us next season. Sure, sure. I I, I think that's those are the two positives that can come out of this, you know? Um, yeah. And, and the other two that, that made uh, squads were, were Stuart Armstrong and uh, Angus Gunn, which uh, Angus Gunn probably no surprise um, that he's, that he's in there uh, for the under 21s and, and Armstrong either. I think they're, they have a tough, a tough road ahead. They have uh, I know they have to play Belgium coming up soon. So uh, that, that will be, that'll be tough for them. And, and you just wish wish him the best and hope he he gets involved and he'll be playing I think central midfield for them for the most part um so that'll be that'll be that'll be good but i mean that that's kind of our 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 summer uh in terms of of players that are going out and playing and i think I think most of them will be will have time off after uh by the end of june i think they'll be they'll be mostly uh ha- have a part of July off and then come back for preseason so they don't really get much of a much of a break if they're out on international duty. Um, it is nice to see a lot of our players are getting a rest, especially because I feel like for a few years now, there's just always been something big in the summer that takes a lot of players. And it's kind of nice to have almost a summer off. Like I know a lot of these are your 2020 qualifiers or tournaments or games like that, but it's nothing as major as a, as a, Euro Championship or Confederations Cup or World Cup that takes up just so much energy. Sure, sure, and and yeah, this is this is a couple of games. They are important, but it's it's just like the international break. It's a week or two, and then they're off. And it's not it's not a month long tournament. It's not you know for the most part traveling. You know they're not going to Brazil. It's just kind of on the Yoshida thing. I mean, 
he played a decent amount this this season. Um, is it if we if we get another central defender, he's probably the one that loses his spot and becomes the fourth choice again. And I mean, I guess is he just becoming like the defensive kind of Stuart Taylor at this point? Like he's 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 going to be around, but he's probably not going to play. He's going to have some sort of leadership role, and we're going to have a, a video of him drinking tea by the by the pool at some point. I hope he I hope he retires at Southampton. He deserves it. Um, he's he's been such a great servant for the club. He's always when he's been called upon, he's always stood up and played well, and he seems to love the club. I hope we don't sell him or get rid of him. Um, and even if he is just kind of phased out over the next year or two, I, I hope he does have the opportunity to retire here or, you know, maybe he want maybe he would want to go back to, to Japan to retire there, but I hope he is able to retire here, even if it is phased into a leadership role. Yeah. I, I think, you know, there was a time when, when people were pretty upset with him and, and worried about him whenever he, he was playing, you know, they, they weren't, they weren't stoked on him being in the lineup just because he seemed to have a mistake in him every single game. But I think he's cleaned that up. And I think he's, yeah, I think he's, I don't know. He's, he's been pretty dang good and he's been pretty consistent and he is the fastest of any center back we have. Um, it's not saying too much. (laughs) No, no, but I remember. So, so I remember there was a stat, this, this is down my Max Rushton, um, you know, affinity, I guess I like the guy. Uh, but he used to do this this show called Stat Attack, and they had uh, one one they would they would come up they had these Sky Sports data analysts that would come in with these stats, and they would have them just like try to play the game and guess who who was who was on the list or whatever like top ten whatever, and and one of them was like you know the the players with the fastest sprint speed in in the in the uh, in the Premier League, and I remember going like it has to, Shane Long has to be on there. Yeah, and he was. And then there's the, there was they were like, well, there's another Southampton player, and people are naming and they're naming all these people, and they're like, well, who? And it's like, well, it's Maya Ishida. Like he's he's there. Oh, that's hilarious. Um, he was that's in really top ten. Um, you know, and from that point on, I've been like, it's not represented on FIFA. Like that's for sure because <laughs> <laughs> I've been there and gone like, go faster as Raheem Sterling just runs through on goal and uh, beats me sixteen nothing or whatever it was. Um, we don't have to talk about that because I'm a grown I'm a grown man. I don't need to talk about FIFA, but. Um, but yeah, so I, I don't know it, if that goes though, if the pace goes, then, then we're in serious trouble. Um, uh, just as a, as a defensive unit, I think, um, the, I guess the other, the, 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 the big tournament, not the other big tournament, the big tournament that's going on this summer though, is the, the women's world cup. And I don't know, like, will you be watching? Cause I was, I was kind of listening to people and, and kind of thinking myself, like the, I think this is the first time that the women's world cup is going to get that kind of dedicated big media coverage and yeah. there's the chance that there's the chance that 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 people will for the first time really publicly i guess organize not organize but um study the game and and kind of break down the game the same way we do with with the men's game you know like every kick yeah. and pass is kind of broken down we do it on this show uh, a lot of the bigger shows do it for for uh, you know, major major games and major tournaments and stuff like that, and so if that happens for the women's World Cup for the first time, like I think that's a step forward. But I'm also interested to see kind of how people, I, I guess, how people react to the to the criticism of of the women's game if people have bad games and and play poorly or or whatever. And I'm, I'm kind of wondering how this is all gonna kind of break down and and how people are gonna view it going forward. Yeah, I've, I've always gotten kind of excited for the women's World Cup. Um, it's always something 
like I, I don't watch women's soccer much outside of the women's World Cup, but I always do try to tune in for the World Cup and at least watch the, the United States games because they're always pretty fun to watch. Um, and what was really cool for me, so I guess in 2015 for the last women's World Cup, I worked a soccer camp and where I was coaching little kids. And especially as the tournament went on, they'd come in and they'd be so excited, like, oh my gosh, did you just see that goal from Carly Lloyd? Or did you see what Tobin Heath did uh, for, for the United States women's team? And it was, it was really cool to see the, these little kids, both guys and girls, get so excited for the, for the Women's World Cup. And I think it can only get, get better from there, no matter what the coverage is. You might get some harsher criticisms, but then that means you get better praises that go along with it. Um, and it'll be cool to see how, I, th- I think Fox has it here in the States. It'll be cool to see how Fox covers that uh, this summer. Yeah, they had it last time as well, and I remember, yeah. um, I remember watching the final on my phone because I was at my father-in-law's house, and they're not big uh, soccer football people. But they, uh, he's like, "Well, I'll, I'll, I'll put it on." Like we're not watching anything else, and that was the game that uh, you know, I think the USA put five past Japan. Um, yeah, that was a really insane game. For <laughs> a final least. scored from you know inside her own half, um, and. And it is kind of weird because I, I, I follow the, the Dynamo here in the states, and and they have the Dash, which is their their women's organization, and and I follow some of those players, and I mean they are. You watch some of their training and stuff. They are they are elite athletes, just like just like the men are, you know. And they and they they play hard. They put in tackles. They uh, can do things with the ball that I can't do. And um, I don't know. I, I think for a long time we just kind of you, know, you almost write them off a little bit, and and it's good to see them. And I guess kind of not being that way. And, and maybe by saying that it just shows kind of my ignorance or maybe it's, maybe it's just me, but I, I, I don't get that, that image or that uh, feeling from, you know, the number of people that I, that I talk to. And um, I don't know that, yeah, that's, that's kind of where it's at. And, and of course saints also have a women's team and there's the, I, I, my loyalty there is lies with the Southampton women's football club, which is not associated with the team. Uh, so that's why we don't talk about them very often, although they did win the double this season. Um, so yeah, that that's that's that. But um, yeah, we got to we got to have a kick around with Ellie Krieger, who is one of the defenders oh, for the nice. women's for the women's national team. She came last year while I was working with Nashville Soccer Club, and that was really cool. You got to kick around with her and just see how good she was. Um, and just I mean, it, it wasn't anything fancy. We just passed around and juggled a little bit, but it was still cool to have the opportunity and see the talent that she does have. Yeah, one of the stories I think that I, I remember the most was when Dom Dwyer uh, was dating Sydney LaRue. Um, yeah, they're they're married now. They're married now. They have a kid, and um, they they went home uh, to one of their houses for for Thanksgiving or Christmas or something like that, and they went out in the yard just to you know to pass the ball back and forth or you know get outside, and it turned into like full on slide tackles in the mud, like in the snow mud thing, and they the parents were like you're going to kill each other. Like, what are you doing? And it just turned into, they have this competitive kind of like edge to them that, that they're both out there trying to do it. And so like, I, I think about that stuff and I think like, that's, you know, I, I, I guess that's what I want for, for my kids. You know, I want them to, to be able to, to go do things with their, with their spouse and to have that competitive edge and just be whatever it is. Not that they're going to be professional athletes. I, I don't think that's, that's in the cards, but like they, uh, I don't know. I, I, I hear that story and it's like, Oh, that's, that's a nice story. Like that makes me happy. Um, and, and it shows that, uh, maybe it's just Cindy LaRue, but she's pretty, she's pretty competitive and, um, they, they got to balance a lot of things. Like, you know, uh, when it comes to having a family, um, guys role, not, not as tough as the women's role, especially, 
uh, we're not taking a year off to, to, to house a baby, uh, and try to recover from that. You know, um, I speak from, uh, from experience of having my wife, watching my wife carry a child and going like, I'm going to go to work. Cause that seems way easier than what you're doing. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I guess that kind of wraps it up unless you have other thoughts on, on the, the world cup. And the only thing I would think of is, is, uh, Ada Hutterberg, not, uh, not playing for Norway, but that's a, a personal stance she's taken based on Norway, what, what she perceives as Norway's kind of, uh, unfair treatment or unequal treatment of, of the women. And, uh, she is the women's footballer of the year and the women's Ballon d'Or winner. And, uh, we're not going to see her at the world cup. And that's unfortunate, um, for Norway and for, for the fans. But I think I have to kind of respect her decision there. Yeah. It's, it's not a situation I'm too familiar with. Um, I do think obviously the tournament would be better with her. Um, but she obviously, she has her reasons for not playing for Norway and boycotting. Um, but it's, it, it is something that I'm not too familiar with. I do wish she was in the tournament though. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It's, uh, I've spent probably more time than I'd like to admit reading up on it. Um, and we always thought, you know, um, the, the kind of running thought of my family was that we were mostly German and Norwegian uh, on my dad's side and, and all Italian on my mom's side. Uh, it turns out I'm, I'm a third English. Um, and only third, like 8% Norwegian. So it doesn't, it's not nearly as important to me as it would have been. Um, but I still would have wished them well, especially because the Norway team for the men, uh, always, always struggle a little bit. So, uh, yeah, uh, Norway's going to miss her, but I think that's the, there's a bigger issue there. And sometimes you have to have that, that form of, of protest and, um, one of, going to the civil rights movement in class. And, you know, I brought that up as a, as an example of how people are doing this today. Um, the students cared less than you might think. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So, um, I don't know, moving on to like, I guess more Southampton centric stuff. Cause that's, I guess what the show is about. Um, you know, we announced the partnership with the, the Japanese side. We have, uh, you know, some, uh, one of the former coaches was, was indicted on 45 accounts of, um, I think it was, it wasn't indecent exposure, but it was, uh, you know, I wrote about it in the newsletter and it's not, it's not pleasant, but, um, it looks like the club's doing everything they can to, to comply and make sure that it doesn't happen again. So we just hope that that is the case. And, um, the other thing that the team has announced is, is their, their preseason tours. Um, or we can just jump straight into transfers. It's totally, totally up to you. Cause we have one question from, from, from Dan and, uh, we'll, we'll get to that in a moment. Yeah. I do want to talk about the, the preseason tour the the dates were Austria, which makes sense. Um, obviously with, with Ralph as the new manager, it makes sense that he wanted to do something in Austria. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a little bit in Ireland and then there's the game in Macau, which is for obvious reasons with Gao as the owner, mm-hmm. but it isn't, it isn't mainland China, um, which I guess is a little different, but the game in Macau will still be a little interesting. I hate to, I know this isn't a, I'm an American guest on an American hosted podcast show, but I do wish Southampton would come back to the States. They haven't done a proper American tour in what seems like forever. Um, and they had a little bit of like a closed training session in Baltimore. So that doesn't really count, but I do wish they would come back to the States. Yeah. And that, that thing in Baltimore was mostly for, um, it was, it was basically to announce the end the partnership with Under Armour, right? Like, yeah, that, that's, that's right. That's what it was. And I mean, it sounds, it may probably, it's probably just me complaining, but, it costs as much for me to fly to Baltimore as it does to fly to London. If I, if I book it the right way, you know? So oh, really? yeah, it, it, it's, it's, it's half the distance, but it, it you, you can get it for the same price or even pay more to go to Baltimore. If you, if you have to go 
kind of in a hurry. Um, the but, United States is just so big. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I don't think I don't think a lot of people realize just how big the United States is and how much how much time it takes to get from here in Nashville to over there in in California where you are, or even Nashville up to to Boston or Nashville to Baltimore. Yeah. Um, like one of my good friends is from Baltimore, and it's an eleven hour drive to get from Nashville back to Baltimore. Yeah. So yes. So if I fly from here to Baltimore that's the same time in a plane as it is to fly from Baltimore to London. That's crazy. And so, I mean, uh, the people who live on the East coast, they have to put up with the living on the East coast, but uh, they are much closer to now something that is important to me, you know? And so you think yeah. about, um, that's the thing about like major league baseball and MLS and all these other things, all these other major sports is these guys are traveling. Uh, just, you know, they're, they're spending a lot more time traveling than, than some of the other, some of the other, uh, you know, it's then some of the teams in England who, you know, Oh, they have the, it's an hour and a half, maybe long flight from one end of England to the other. Um, yeah. it's just not, not quite the same, but, um, I, I hate to pull out like a personal story from this that probably not a lot of listeners will get, but in, in hockey, Nashville predators are in the Western conference mm -hmm. for whatever reason, when they were dividing the conferences. And so one of the conference games that they have to play multiple times a season is Vancouver and from Nashville to Vancouver, that drive is over 24 hours. And I know they fly, um, but that is so far away. And even for MLS teams, like there is a Vancouver team and the Orlando team has to go up there to play Vancouver. Uh -huh. That's even farther. So it's just, it's just crazy sometimes how, how much travel these teams do have to, to put up with. And I know that's off topic, but <laughs> no, no, not at all. I was just listening to the, uh, the truck go by. That sounded like a, was that, was oh, that, was that, was that mine? It, it was probably mine. I, I live, um, I, I live close to an interstate in okay. my apartment and every, they're doing construction on the interstate right now, which is a little bit of a, an annoyance. So sorry if that came through. No, on no, it's all right. I was, I was trying to listen to see if it was my neighbor or, or, or not. He's, uh, they're redoing the, one of their, it doesn't matter. They're redoing a part of their property and, a lot of a lot of jackhammering and a lot of uh skill saw and a lot of uh basically just a lot of beer and watching him work because i don't really help very yeah. much but um i mean the the game in macau i think there was talk they were just going to take kind of a split squad you know take a couple guys yeah. over there play a game come back is that is that kind of the plan and and because it, it can't be great training i think they went there last year and i know ben and, and the guys from the total saints podcast have talked about it a little bit that it, it, it kind of derailed things. It, it wasn't a great training environment for them and it kind of didn't start well. And I'm not going to give Mark, Mark Hughes that excuse. Um, but, but it definitely wasn't the best in terms of training. Yeah. I will say Macau in the summer just seems hot and muggy yeah. and unbearable. Um, and obviously just the travel, like we were just talking about travel, like getting from Southampton down to Macau is like multiple layovers. That's not a straightforward flight. And the jet lag there, they obviously aren't going to spend that much time there um, and then flying back. And it's just having to deal with all the, the jet lag that that's going to bring. And it will probably halt things for a little bit. Yeah, I think it's going to be like land, train, sleep, play, leave. <laughs> I think yeah. that's the plan. I could be wrong, but I think that's from what I remember and stuff like that. That's the that that's the plan. And. And the team, the rest of the team will be in Dublin at that point and uh, training in Ireland, which I, I know you got to make the appearances. It just, I just hope that the, the training is focused on, on what the team needs. Um, 
commercially, I think you will grow more if you are successful than if you make appearances places that already kind of know who you are. Like I, I imagine everybody in Dublin knows that there's a Southampton, you know? Yeah. Um, so, so I'm not sure exactly how this, how this goes, but we'll watch. And, and as soon as they put it on YouTube, I will be more than happy to to tune in and, and, and stay with it. But, uh, yeah. Um, I don't know. You have anything else on the, on the preseason stuff or you want to jump into some of the transfers that we've been, uh, lucky enough to be graced with, um, from the wonderful news sources that we have. Um, let's, let's jump into the transfers. All right. Uh, where would you like to start? Um, I guess we could start with Dragowski. That came out this morning. Okay. Uh, and that, that's a really, really exciting transfer if that goes through. Um, I know multiple sources are showing that that's a move that's going to happen. And, man, he has looked like a really exciting goalkeeper that, that's coming up through. There was a, a game against Empoli where, where he made – where he, he played for Empoli, sorry, against Atalanta – um, where he made like 17 or 18 saves just in that one game and kept it nil-nil. And I know Empoli got relegated, but man, he has looked really, really good. Okay. I, I know I know zero things about him other than he's a goalkeeper and that we have several. Yeah, I know that Ralph is probably going to sit down. And I know, I think it's pretty clear that Forster's on his way out. And then if McCarthy is on his way out, then Dragowski can slide in there really well and either have um, a tandem thing where Dragowski starts all the league games and Gunn has all the cup games or whatever. Um, but I do think a new keeper is not needed, but almost welcomed. Just with the inconsistencies we've had over the past few seasons with McCarthy starting out great and then ending up not so great. And then, Forster's drop off and then Gunn is young so he's still a little a little inconsistent and so um Dragowski's a world-class talent and bringing him in can only be can only mean good things yeah I mean looking at the stats and stuff he looks he looks pretty good he's he's young which that would be another young keeper we have and you just kind of wonder what I don't know like I, I I think it's going to be easier to move McCarthy on than it will be to move Forrester on um, yeah. and I don't know. I think you, I think you, you have to get rid of both of them for, for Joukowsky to come in. And then, and I would understand if we were in like a, if we were in a situation, where we're going to be playing like a European cup competition, you know, like we were yeah. going to be in the Europa league or something like that. Then I would understand, I guess this move a little bit more. Um, I think this is, this is, uh, I don't know. I'm not sure if I, if I like it or not. Um, just simply because I think I want gun to know that he's the man, um, but maybe yeah. he isn't, maybe he, maybe he shouldn't be, uh, maybe I just, you know, I, I feel yeah. really bad for players when they, when they come in and play relatively well and then, and then you make a mistake and find themselves out. Um, so I don't know. I, I think it'll be, it'll be interesting. And, um, I mean, I wonder how much of it is, is the Polish Polish connection. I wonder how much of it was Bednarik saying, Hey, we got to get Dragowski in. Sure. Like, um, like Bednarik would probably know him better than anybody else in the squad. And I wonder if a, a scout or somebody has brought Jagowski just to the table. Sure. And Ben Nurek has just name name dropped him that to Hassan Hoodle or whoever's dealing with the transfers now because we don't have Les Reed or Ralph Kruger. Um so I'm wondering how much influence Ben Nurek has had. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, you, you you try to make those those connections and, and the comfort level and things like that of, of people and 
you know, Gunn uh, Stevens isn't playing in the, in the, in the, the England setup at the moment. And so you, you want that, that comfort and that connection to be there, I guess. And, and maybe, maybe this, this is a better fit. If we, if we go Bednarak, Dragowski and, and Vestergaard at the back, maybe that, maybe that helps a little bit. Maybe that's a little bit more solid than, than uh, maybe having Gunn in there, but uh, we'll see. And, um, I'm hoping that by the time, I mean, it's like I said, recording Saturday, hopefully by the time this comes out on Tuesday, uh, you know, he hasn't gone somewhere else. And, uh, I just have to live with the fact that this will be, <laughs> this will be us talking about this guy for a while, but, yeah. um, if it is, it is. So, I mean, we've been linked with a number of other players. I'm not sure how seriously to take, um, all of them and, and then probably not, but uh, is there anybody else that you think is a, is a relatively solid, uh, there's, um, that that winger Genepo, Genepo, um, he he's Belgian, or he plays for Standard Liège. We've been linked to him. He seems like a pretty pretty nice talent. AC Milan's been linked to him too. So if we get him, it seems like that would be a, a great buy as well. He's somebody that that we need. I don't know that much about him, but from what I see about him, he could be. I hate to use this comparison, but the next Mane. Um, just somebody ex- exciting and electric that brings a different dynamic to the team. Um, that would be really, really great going forward. And he's somebody that I would like to see brought in. Um, on that same note, somebody with a similar play style, it seems, Adamola Lookman. Hasan Hoodle managed him for Leipzig when he was on loan there, and I think there could be a connection there. And he, he's not getting that much game time for Everton. So I think he'd be another player that I'd love to see in. Yeah, I'm looking at the the stats for Genepo here, and I mean, 11 goals this season, three in the Europa League, and five appearances. That's that's not bad. Um, six assists as well to go along with that. So, granted, you know, you look at at some of the uh, you look at the league stats, and and okay, and look at the league he's playing, in and say oh, okay, whatever that means. But then you look, at, I mean, if he's doing it in the Europa League. That that's that's a little bit better, but then again, uh, I give you Muhammad Elianusi. So um, yeah, <laughs> I, I I haven't watched. I don't know. I don't know a ton about him. I try really hard to stay to stay away from the stuff just because it. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll wind up down the YouTube rabbit hole really easily, and I just don't don't want to do that. But um, he he everything you read about him sounds good, and uh, we'll just have to see if that's uh, that that's somewhere where we are going to look to improve him. I think I would. I mean, if he comes in, that that fills in the other side of the uh, across from Redmond. If he maybe he plays, yeah. um, you know, it, with, uh, across from him a little bit, or um, I'm not sure how it fits in the in the four two 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 formation or or not. But uh, we'll have to to wait and see, and uh, hopefully we'll see some some players start to move here before preseason gets underway. It's it's hard this summer with all of the players that we're going to have to sell. I mean, we still have Jordy Classy on the books. We have. Buffal and Hoot and Carrillo and just a lot of these big wage wage suckers that we're either going to have to play or get rid of. And we can't see them go out on loan again. And I guess you could add Cedric to that list as well. Just a bunch of these players that are going to take up a lot of wages if we don't sell them. And I really hope we, we get rid of at least a big chunk of them so that we can spend money to bring these players in. Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it's going to be, it's going to be important and it might, it might take more than one window, which is not anything anybody wants to hear, but it, that might honestly be the truth. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, but I mean, I don't know. I'm trying to make sure we've covered most of the major stuff here. Um, we have a question from Dan. Do you have anything else we want to talk about before we get to the the question that, that Dan sent in? Um, I just want to mention the U20 World Cup. I'm really curious to see um, if any of our scouts are there. I really hope they are. There's some pretty nice talent at this U20 World Cup, and it would be really cool to see um, maybe one or two, probably just one of these U20 talents brought in, um, whoever they're from, whether that is from France or um, I know Portugal is out, but maybe maybe the United States. The United States has looked pretty good. Um, I just I really hope our scouts are there to pick up maybe one or two of these talents. Okay. Yeah. I I haven't. Uh... I don't know. That's one of those things I, I probably haven't watched enough of it to, to really see. And, and it seems like the, the players drop in and out so often that it's tough to keep up at, at the youth level with how many, with what players yeah. are going. But, um, yeah, I mean, definitely be watching some of the U S guys and hoping that they, uh, they make an impact and hopefully we can get to them. Um, so yeah, hopefully we, I've been really interested to watch the, the U 20 world cup. Cause there, there are a couple of guys from my hometown that my little brothers played against. Okay. Um, and so that's really cool to watch, watch a couple of these guys play for the United States. Um, Chris Richards and Brandon Cervania. Um, Sam has been able to to play against them as kids, and so it's cool to to watch them do so well for the United States. And Sam needs encouragement at this moment in time. Uh, we'd like to take a moment to <laughs> mourn Arsenal, um, especially the second half. So sorry, Sam. Uh, I'm not sure if you listen to this show or not, but uh, I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> That was supposed to be really serious and, and heartfelt, and I'm not sure if it was or not. But I really, I do feel bad. My best friend's also an Arsenal fan. Uh, not a great yeah. day. Didn't talk to him. We saw each other yesterday. Did not talk about it at all. He would not. Every time I started to ask, he just was like, just immediately nope. changed conversation, um, which I thought was great. Um. All right, we have a we have a question from Dan here, um, and we can always rely on Dan to give us. Uh, the hard hitting stuff. So he says, who wins in a fight prime Mike Tyson or 300 otters? It's a, it's a really tough question. It depends on the mindset of the otters because 300 otters, I think could take down Mike Tyson given the amount of time um, and how they're able to target Mike Tyson. I, I think it could go either way, depending on the strategy of the otters. Cause if the, the 300 otters just swarm him, they could definitely, I think they could win against Mike Tyson. So here's my question is how much water is Mike Tyson standing in? Is it waist deep? Is it knee deep? Is it, is it, you know, chest deep? I think, um, even out of water, the otters could still win. I think so. Um, but if, if it is in water, that gives the otters an obvious advantage. Yeah. So, so, uh, George, who I don't know who this guy is and he doesn't follow me. Oh, he does follow me. Sorry, George. Um, so George does follow me. Um, but he says they're not intelligent enough to think, uh, and be able to, uh, to overpower him. Um, I'm not up to date with my, uh, otter brain size or, or otters. Are, I feel like otters are pretty smart. I'll, I'll give them a little more credit than George does. I mean, okay. you see them as some of the smarter animals of the, at least the marine um, biosphere. Like they're up there with dolphins as pretty smart creatures. So, okay. um, so, uh, I'll, I'll give them the intelligence. I'll give them some intelligence. Well, <laughs> <laughs> so so otters fairly smart mike tyson tattooed his face so um <laughs> and bit somebody's ear so I, uh, <laughs> i'm gonna have to give it to the otters i want the otters to win i'm pulling for them i will lay some I money too. down 
that, that's what I want out of this out of this fight that I honestly hope nothing never happens. I don't ever actually <laughs> want to see this period. But um, yeah, so thanks Dan for for sending that in. Uh, he's at Holy Hoiberg. If you want more stuff like that, I'm sure he will be happy to give that to you. Um, but Christian. I mean, you have anything else you want to you want to go over before we we wrap this up and uh, get on with our preparations for the Champions League final, which basically means just just probably drinking a lot. Um, I think this is a huge summer for our club. I really hope Hassan Hudel is able to stamp his authority down, and I hope he's able to get what he wants from the board. Um, I really I want to see him bring the players that he wants in, and. I think if he gets what he wants and everything goes according to plan, we could see another top 10 finish from Saints. I think we really could. And I've gotten some flack for that, um, at least from some of my other friends, but I really could see us getting top 10 again. Um, Maybe that's a little too optimistic, but I think I could see us charging for a Europa League spot uh, if all goes according to plan. But it is a really big summer. It could be make or break. Yeah, no, I, I think that if it all goes well, I think we definitely have that opportunity and that, that chance. And um, I, I'm not going to be overly disappointed if, we, if we're if we not there yet, if it takes another year. But yeah. I will, I think fans will begin to get uneasy because they think if you don't give Hassan Hoodle what he wants, people are going to notice who he is and they're probably going to take him from us, you know? And so yeah. you need to, there, there's a balance there and I'm not sure exactly where the line is, but you need to, to allow him the, the players he needs to make it work. He's already shown he can improve players we have, uh, but you need to also have the players in that fit the system and, and get some of these guys out and, and, and Southampton have made, uh, they went through a period uh, several years ago where they made just fantastic signings. And then they went through a period where they missed on several. And it's caused a backup in the squad that we need to 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 fix. Um, that will allow us to uh, to maybe bring in some of the players that we need for for Ralph to to be able to do uh, some more working and move us up the table. And if it takes another year, I'll be okay. If it happens this year, I'll be I'll be as happy as anybody, obviously. But uh, but yeah, but um, Christian, this has been great. And thanks again for for being so willing to to come on the show to write for the newsletter, uh, just to do kind of all the things that that help uh, you know. I, us continue to to talk and and help us be able to just uh, make the show happen and and on and the newsletter happen and I just appreciate it very much. No, I I always appreciate coming on. So thank you again for inviting me. No problem, man. We'll talk to you soon. All right, thanks. And that does it for this episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope that you've enjoyed it. Special thanks this week goes out to Christian Candler. Thanks for coming on the show so frequently and for contributing to the newsletter uh, with the fantastic things that you do. Uh, For anybody, if you don't subscribe, you'll have some writing from Christian uh, in the newsletter. So you should subscribe. It'll be out this Friday. You can follow Christian on Twitter at Candler Nero and you can get him on Instagram at C.N.D.L.E.R. The links are in the show notes. That makes it easier because I may have messed that up. Even though I'm reading it, I don't know, whatever. Uh, if you want to follow this show on social media, a uh, little dormant this week, but we'll be back to full strength soon. Uh, we're on Twitter at SFCDELL underscore IVERY. That is the same on Instagram. We're on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash SFCDelivery. There is no underscore in the Facebook address. And if you want an easy way to get to all of those links, 
Just head over to SouthamptonDelivery.com. From there, you can listen to the show. You can subscribe to the show. You can follow us on social media. And you can subscribe to the newsletter. Um, it's a website. It has all those links. It's good. Uh, visit it. Check it out. Let me know what you think. If you don't subscribe to the show already, you don't know how to do that. Um, any any podcast app that you have, that you, uh, if you have an iPhone, uh, maybe use Daycast, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, uh, or wherever else you listen, just search for Southampton Delivery there. Uh, and we'll be there. And like I said, there are links on the show's website. Make it nice and easy for you. Special shout out to Jay, who runs the partner page for the show. The Southampton page is a place to go for all your news and needs over the summer. During the season, it does not matter. Follow them. You will be up to date with what's going on uh, each and every moment with Saints. The logo for the show is designed by Matt Beeling of the We Are Southampton page. He's so good at the graphic design that he now does it for Saints. Uh, it's pretty impressive. I'm lucky to be able to feature some of his work on this show. All music for the show comes courtesy of the Free Music Archive at freemusicarchive.org. The intro song is Epic Song by Boxcat Games, and the end of show credits that you're listening to right now is Aim is True by Boddington Bear. I'm off to grade some more beautifully written, wonderfully structured uh, pieces of student writing uh, that contain no factual errors whatsoever. Anyway, we'll be back next week. Uh, Don't forget to check out the newsletter, which will be out on Friday morning. Uh, And until then, remember that together, we march on.